Well, what can I say? Something about those old, old hymns that does something to me. And then when you add your style of playing, Janet, wow, it's electricity. And hello, everybody. Yes, what you've heard is a selection from some really, really old books. We're talking going back 90 to over 100 years. We've got some hymns that were actually written in the, the late 1700s. And there's something just so pure and simple about them. And the words are just so entwining. We eventually hope to be able to present the words uh, as, they, as the songs are being played. And today is September the 8th. And we're into Analog with Angels, Part 10. We want to tell you that today, that what the Lord has put on me for the imbuement uh, of prayer for the whole message and throughout all the different words that are to be spoken is the imbuement of the, uh, for the healing of the pancreas. Uh, the pancreas is an extremely important organ and it causes all kinds of problems that people haven't even dreamed of that it has the potential to cause when it is out of balance and, and not in harmony with the whole body. And uh, diabetes, of course, is one of them. But there's many others. That is our, our prayer with every word that we minister here today. <clears throat> and then to remind you, the scripture of Second Corinthians 3, 6 to remember, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So important. Then a slight and uh, pretty fast review. In Psalms 68, 15 through 16, and we'll be on to that one again. But this particular portion, we talked about, um, you know, Strong's Concordance 1388 uh, in the Hebrew. Uh, a, a lump, a peak of hills. And this was where this particular aspect of height came from. And it was a different scripture uh, than was used uh, in, in the scriptures, uh, you know, about uh, Christ having ascended uh, high above this and above that. And, uh, and then we saw the connection to the word uh, Shemayim. And uh, Shemayim is a quite... Uh, often used scripture, and it actually means both in the old English, and they got that from the old uh, King James, heaved up, and uh, you know, uh, of things or the heights, and this is the 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 word that uh, that heaven was was taken from, heaved up. If you take the word heaved, all you have to do is add an end to it, and you have the word heaven. But, but the idea of the saying is where it, it comes from. So um, we, that, was, that was just, of course, um, I I extremely in interesting. I had a lot of uh, talk, uh, people contact me on that. We got into, uh, you know, uh, Psalm 68, 22, bring again from Bashan. We talked about in the 16th chapter of uh, Ezekiel about the different nations that had been uh, destroyed and, and God bringing back their captivity. 
we uh, we talked about the law of captivity and the members uh, of the body, uh, Romans seven twenty three, uh, and we we were big into um, Psalms, uh, uh, you know, uh, where it talked about uh, uh, the the uh, the captivity and Christ descended. Uh, those were just so important. Uh, that same uh, scripture was repeated in Ephesians four eight. <clears throat> So it it was just interesting trip that we took. It was just an interesting uh thing that we were able to get into. Uh it was it was a a really uh exciting uh teaching and sharing and we we just thank God. Uh we talked about, you know, those that that uh uh worked uh really uh, hard of the of the ancient Christian uh, Christian people, the ones before Jesus, though, uh, but you know they had an experience with them, like Abraham. Uh, Jesus Jesus appeared as one of the angels, and um, uh, but nevertheless, we showed the scripture in Hebrews eleven eight through thirteen how that Abraham did not did not see uh, the city not made with hands, and and uh, and that was all part of his destiny uh with becoming the father of uh, of Abraham's bosom uh <clears throat> we we um you we carried on you know with with many other um uh interesting connections we talked about uh being absent in the body but present in the spirit and how that uh there was a part of the of the uh defining uh, aspect of the of that scripture not quoted most of the time by ministers, which says uh, that therefore we are always confident that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, and that was a definite qualifier that had been left out, and it and it changed the meaning of of uh, opposite of what some of these people were, uh, uh, you know, interpreting it to mean, and uh, that that of course was was. Uh, an important, uh, you know, ratio of of uh, new insight, uh, and as these ratios of insight continue, it just uh, downs the the doubt and the fear and the trembling that has been uh, put into the hearts of many of the Christians because uh, of the fear and 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 trembling and and preaching of dread that is being preached so much around the world. <clears throat> so um now we um I have um here something pretty interesting and it's it's about um you know uh the holy manifest um uh, the book the holy manifest uh you as you know uh, the uh manifest chronicles before genesis uh is a, one of the chapters out of the holy manifest Star Rise will be the next book we give to you. <coughs> that will be a second a book from the Holy Manifest. And uh, <coughs> I have a little write-up write here uh, that I wrote years ago. Holy Manifest, the book of little trons. Think of sound tron. You know, trons mean also comes from the word metron, which means measurement. <coughs> The Holy Manifest, the Book of Little Trons, from the Eighth Seal of the Seven Thunders, published for the centuries of the 2000 A.D. millenna and until the Age of Ion, the Age of Reverence. 
um, containing seven thunders of knowledge from Gabriel's book of the Soundtrons. So it's the message of the eighth seal. It's the seven thunders of wisdom. And it has the Holy Manifest seal containing seven thunders of knowledge. And that, that I thought you would be interesting, you know, just to hear it. <clears throat> because it, um, it, it is quite a, a presentation that when the day comes, we'll do. Interestingly, in Psalm 68.11, it says, The Lord gave the word. And great was the company. And when you look up the translations and potential root uh, associations to that word company, it basically means troop of angels. So it would really be read this way. The Lord gave the word, great, are, uh, great is the troop of angels that will publish it. In John fifteen fifteen, 15, uh, For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Now, uh, there are people that say that there are things that, that is not meant to ever be said until, uh, you know, after we die and then we're resurrected. <coughs> and um, uh, uh, But when you read in, in John fifteen fifteen, it says, For all, A-L-L, -L, things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Now, Jesus says that he didn't do anything without first, uh, without first praying and get, having the well of the Father. Everything that he did was the well of the Father. And so all the things that Jesus did was with the consent of the Father and were, were the well of the Father and were discussed between him and the Father. And so we are talking about an amazing amount of information. And we, we are talking about something that isn't, futuristic it says for all things that i have heard of my father i have made known so so this word has been spoken and and some of it is sort of uh in in the vanishing point and, and unconscious uh but it still has been spoken like it describes it in the 10th chapter of um the book of romans where where it talks about that this word has gone out and that everybody has heard it even though they may not be aware of, of having heard it so then that just perfectly uh you know goes goes along with uh, John 21:25 uh and it says it talks about um you know uh, there there are many things which Jesus did the which uh if they should be written i suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written should be written so when we are talking about the Holy Manifest, we are talking about the revelation of some of these, you know, things that are part of the, the vanishings uh, that are, are the, nevertheless out there uh, in, in, in uh, uh, holy space, and they are um, prevailing to be, to be uh, expressed as it also describes in Romans how that there is this yearning and 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 this unctioning uh, to express and to bring forth the manifest of creation, and so uh, it says if all the things were written, it should be written. You know, uh, they should be written. So we we want to encourage you to keep listening to these messages because you are getting the opportunity 
to hear the things that should be written. And uh, blessed be the name of God. Blessed be his Holy Spirit. His, uh, his kingdom uh, is within us. Um, <clears throat> I want to share something with you to give you a, 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 an idea. This is a little bit of reading, but it's, it's very precious. And it comes from Job 9, uh, Job chapter 9, verses 4 through 11. And what it is... It's the MIV, which is the uh, Peace Manifest uh, uh, Bible uh, interpretation, and um, this is, of course, a part of the of the the new the, the Peace Bible, which is the new translation, a, a new uh, interpretation um, that is going to be released one of these days, and um, there are eleven scriptures here. Uh, the only thing you will not be getting today when I read this is what is uh, goes along with this in the actual piece uh, manifest Bible will be uh, the how that these uh, any changes of the, of the King James the how and the why based on uh, the scriptures itself as to to fulfill the uh, Holy Spirit uh, uh, meaning and and uh, to fulf- to fulfill the the scripture integrity of of the the subject line uh which which is you know the verses and the chapters and the book that uh, go along with the subject so here we go verse 4 god is wise in heart and mighty in strength what mortal has hardened his own heart against god and prospered question mark Five, verse 5, he shakes the mountains, and nature is ignorant why. Verse 6, he moves the foundations of the earth, and the minds who are pillars of knowledge understand not and tremble. Verse 7, he commands the sun, so its rays rise, no shining. Verse 8, for God the Father and our Lord imbued with a purpose only for creation and alone from all other intentions, has spread out the heavens, and in parentheses, the cosmos, the universe, and made circuits on waves from cosmic sea to cosmic sea. Now, you will, you will get quite an elation when you compare this, this uh, interpretation, translation, uh, to the King James as it is now written. And like I said, I, I, I don't have the time uh, to uh, even begin to read all of what would, would be in and is in the, the Peace Bible uh, because that, that is actually more writing than the verses themselves which show why these particular editions uh, um, uh, were clearly already there in the Scripture uh, but were not uh, translated in the King James. 9. He made Arturus, Ash, Orion, Cizel, um, and Pleiades, uh, Aman, uh, as chambers for the launching of angelic creations. Also, there is the chambers of the south, verse 10, which along with the three said chambers, which are all great places made for great purposes beyond which an indifferential mind will be able to discover or know 
Such wonders as these are of a greatness of codes that are of such continuous event, there can be no summation uh, to a conclusion. I, Job, felt the Lord pass. This is verse 11. Now verse 11. That was verse 10 we just read. Verse 11, the last verse. I, Job, felt the Lord pass by me, uh, though I saw him not. He passed the Father's house and all the other chambers and joined Michael, the Lord of hosts, archangel of the seraphims. But though I could not perceive this, uh, I could... Uh, but though I could perceive this, though I could perceive this, I could not perceive why this order uh, of events occurred. Okay, so that is very interesting, especially if you compare it and so forth. You know, it'd be very interesting to you. Now, the Bible tells us in Zephaniah three nine, there's going to be a, a become a pure language. And in Joel 3.11, it talks about he's going to cause his mighty ones to come down. And in Joel 3.21, which is contextual to the subject, he says, in other words, the angels are going to come down and blood is to be cleansed. They are going to cleanse the blood. Uh, We begin to see how extensively clear that the Bible is on on uh, wanting our lattice, which includes our genetics and includes our spirituality, uh, because there's both physical lattice and sp- spiritual lattice, and how important that um, those, those things are uh, uh, to be understood as part of the plan of God, that God is going to going to get into our bodies and there's going to be genetic changes that take place through through latolution and th- and through genetic uh, cleansing uh you know that that God is is going to do and uh and the manifest teaches the doctrine that that uh, uh proposes uh the process and so it's exciting uh, it's promissory and and uh, it 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 takes us uh, to the very precipice uh, where these things are are to begin. Now we have to understand when we're looking into the Hebrew Bible, there are some uh, you know uh, interesting uh, differences in the Hebrew language and English and and other languages. Uh, but in in the Hebrew, there is no tense, no form to indicate past present or future the only way you can tell the time in hebrew is by the context so that aspect of itself alone proves that you cannot even properly translate the bible without translating it with a correlation to what the context is the context of the verse of the sentence of the chapter of the whole book and of the Bible. And if it doesn't have that contextual uh, Holy Spirit interpretation, then you're going to get all kinds of fractional uh, uh, answers that don't have the ultimate uh, you know, um, a meaning uh, uh, for, for what the real true uh, word is. So we know that 
the Hebrew has verb stems uh, that are simple, that are intensive, that have causation, or they are that are causative, uh, that that are active, that are passive, that are reflective. We understand that. We know that. Um, we know that Hebrew uses the word and uh, one time after another to link events together in a chain. It's very unusual use of and. And, of course, the manifest teachings, uh, you know, have procured uh, that uh, uh, understanding and and uh, teach it in a, in a beautiful way that I've never heard it taught anywhere else before on earth. And um, we know that there are, there are, you know, parallelisms and, and uh, there, there are various kinds of, of things that we come to understand in a, a very wonderful way. Uh, and we have to read into this word by the context uh, what the distance of the word is. We have to read uh, the sea of things. We have to understand the seed of things. But also know the seed's uh, potential. And this is the true manifest realization. So, blessed be the name of God. Let's really have to move on. We have so much to cover. Um, other things, like, for instance, uh, the Torah, uh, Kohanim, uh, there, and which there used to be, uh, well, there may still be, Kohanim priests. Uh, but the idea is that this is a, a book of priestly codes written in uh, in the medieval times uh, called codices uh, of the Hebrew uh, Targum, uh, which is sort of their interpretive Bible. And it contains a number of double uh, renderings so that it will say something a certain way. Uh, and this was, of course, written by, by Hebrew scholars. And then uh, they will show that while there is this first meaning, there is generally also on the same root, at least, at least a second meaning. So that there is always a double and sometimes it's many, many more times than that. So that one word like zamir uh, can mean both pruning and singing. Those are, to me, very interesting things, um, you know, uh, that the Bible code uh, basically commissions a double meaning to the word Lord. Uh, and and uh, the, the cotex uh, consists of, uh, you know, a parchment that is originally done in double sheets and, uh, you know, 40 by 70 uh, cm. So uh, it's, it, there's a mystery to it all. And it is far, uh, the, the cry of the times, to start bringing forth this mystery. In the parallel world of the scientific world, uh, <clears throat> I've shared this with you once before, but it, it, it's pretty interesting. Scientists have stored a 300-page book in DNA, 53,000 words, 11 images, in a software program, the largest amount of information stored artificially using genetic material. And I've, I've, many times I have shared how that we only know 5% of knowledge about the universe. Uh, that includes the, our galaxy and the Milky Way that we live in and, and neighbor galaxies uh, like the, the, uh, the M31 uh, 
uh, Andromeda uh, galaxy, and and um, it 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 is so interesting that that um, only five percent is known, and even if you're talking about about um, archaeology, um, there's only five percent known uh, and discovered uh, uh, in in the in the Earth, and only five percent that they say is discovered in the oceans and the seas. And so uh, when the Bible says we look in a glass darkly, wow, does that Bible ever have truth to it? There is a promise, though. In Isaiah thirty-three seventeen, it says, Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty, and they shall behold the land that is very far off. And I've had people say to me, yeah, well, that was talking about that when the children were uh, going with Moses to the, to, to the promised land, seeing the promised land. Uh, I, I beg your pardon. Uh, this was written in the book of Isaiah, and that was long after the children of Israel had been settled in the promised land. So when it says, Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty, this is talking about a special place of revelation. And when it says, You shall behold the land that is very far off, it's talking about Artura, the father's house. And so that is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's just gorgeous. And, and, and it's, it's so interesting how that in the Bible there are so many different symbolic and, uh, ways in which the Word of God is, is explained and written. Uh, we know we, we get into Revelations that talks about the number 666 and, and, and the meaning of that and, and the weight of that and the gravity of that and, and how that, that in the Old Testament, in Second Chronicles 9.13, it talks about 666 talents of of weight in gold that came in to Solomon in one year and and uh, so there is there is so much there is so much and God is speaking to his church and saying in like in Canticles 2 10 and 5 to rise up my love and come away God is taking us away from the shallows he's taking us away from the shades He's taken us away from those dark, blurry places of confusion, and he's wanting to bring his people into uh, a place where they can remember God as God is. I talked some time back in one of my other teachings, but this is such an important thing, how that the simple word come, which is used quite often in uh in the Bible, and and in the Hebrew part of it, without getting into uh, you know the the uh, Greek, in the Hebrew part of it, uh, there are so many different meanings, and I I won't read all of them to you. I have in the past, but uh, in in the Hebrew Concordance of Strong's uh, Dictionary, thirty three eighteen, it means come means to go. It means to break out, to bring forth, to draw forth, to go abroad, uh, to and fro. Um, in the the Hebrew number 1961, it means to exist, to come, to cause. In the Hebrew number 935, it means besieged or fallen. Uh, uh, of um, 5927, it means ascend, arise, carry up, fetch up, act, work, perfect, take away. In 3212, it means to walk. Uh, uh, Again, uh, away, carry away, cause to go, uh, to uh, to go, to march, uh, 
to to prosper, to pursue, to spread, to vanish uh, away, and to cause to to lead. And eight fifty seven to arrive, to bring eight thirty three eighty one to go downward, to descend downward to a lower region, uh, bounding enemy, subdue, take down. Fifty sixty six means to be with a a woman, uh, attack the enemy, uh, to worship, to adduce. Uh, an argument uh, to offer to overtake, 7126, approach, bring near, cause to bring forth, draw near, at hand, produce, make ready, uh, stand, take, uh, and it just goes on and on and on. There's just so many, and some of the, these are extremely different and opposite, uh, uh, but, you know, interpretation of, of the words, you know, is not just simple Simon. Uh, and and if it's, if it's not done by um, the 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 characteristics uh, that you find uh, when you go through all the disbursements of 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 the character of the word, uh, which which is is the the fulfillment of the context, and and you have to know the context to know which interpretation of a word like come to apply. Otherwise. Uh, you know, you can be into all kinds of, of, of problems with a true interpretation. Okay. Now, let's just keep going because there's so much here and it's so interesting. Um, we, we, we have so, so much that is going on in the world today. Uh, and and there is so much in the Bible about the different Le Levitican uh, type of of uh, critters, you know, that existed. Uh, Job forty one one, Psalms seventy four fourteen, Psalms one hundred and four twenty six, Isaiah twenty seven one. These were were like dragons, and uh, in the eighteen hundreds, uh, someone came up with the idea of dinosaur. Dinosaur was just another word for dragons. And um, so we have to totally understand that. Uh, if we don't understand that, we, we miss it. And we have discovered, uh, you know, uh, by revelation from God, and also we have witnesses of this uh, from things like the book, The Witness of the Stars, uh, like uh, the, the, the Scorpio constellation. Uh, it's like one of the longest uh, constellations uh, in the heavens, and and uh, there is there is a meaning to it and a symbol symbolism of it, and there's a gospel in the stars, um, and and there's a story on Earth too, you know, uh, when we talk about cleansing the blood, and we find we are finding out today that uh, uh, the biggest part of the humans on Earth uh, have Neanderthal uh, blood in them, a percentage. It's, it's a small, but it's a definite, uh, sufficient uh, percentage. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, there, there, there is, a, is a plan that God has. Uh, we have been told about the tares in, in uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew 13, beginning with verse 24, and how that those tares were sown into the world, into the field, uh, so that they, they have, uh, you know, have uh, inundated uh, the field, which is the people of the world. And, and uh, they're, they're planted in the genetics of people, and, and that's the Word of God. And now, you know, they've discovered this thing of the Neanderthal, and, and uh, that, that there is some meaning. 
uh, and we're discovering, you know, um, day by day, the thing of these of the dragons and and how that there's a lot, really a lot said in the Bible that people are not aware is there. Is you know, is is part of the uh, uh, the, the vanishings uh, where people read it but they don't see it, and and uh, <clears throat> God is uh, moving by His Spirit. Um, some time ago, uh, they discovered uh, the Denisovan. Um, uh, this Denisovan, uh, Denisovan, and uh, uh, for my uh, writers and readers that, that that are helping, it is spelled D E N I S O V A N, D E N I S O V A N, Cave Girl. So this uh, this uh, Denisovan, uh, cave girl, um, is uh, found to be aged at 74,000 to 84,000 years ago. Uh, this would be before uh, the, uh, the dinosaurs became extinct. And there is remarkable detail uh, analyzed about this particular uh, discovery, uh, which is um, like a cousin to the Neanderthal. Uh, you know, uh, which uh, when the dinosaurs about, uh, you know, 68 to 70,000 years ago were, were wiped out, um, you know, it, it, this is re showing something that existed even prior to that, to that time. And um, it's just quite, quite amazing. Um, scientists have sequenced the, the complete, the complete genome of the the Denisovan uh, cave girl, uh, and 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 they took that that uh, that uh, information uh, from a teeny finger bone fragment. So it's it's amazing what they have done, and um, they of course the footprints of giants that are found side by side with with uh, uh, dinosaurs. Years and years ago, it was first thought to be amazing, then it was said to be a fraud. Well, they recently have done some more digging in the area, and they found out that it is not a fraud, that it's real. And there were, there were giants that lived and walked, you know, in the time of the dinosaurs. And, uh, and I can understand that, and I can sure tell you a story about that, because we know from our teachings that, that the dinosaurs and the giants uh, were creations of Lucifer Satan. So there's a whole story there, and and it certainly is uh, fascinating and interesting to to have that kind of understanding. Uh, they're starting to find petroglyphs, and uh, and uh, they're starting to find uh, various kinds of of, of ancient art um, that is just uh, going back uh, uh, to cave. Uh, uh, paintings uh, that are ancient in time, and they're finding more and more ruins of civilizations all around the world. Uh, some time ago, uh, in the Persian Gulf uh, oasis, uh, which they found a discovery there that appears to be uh, of some kind of um, of debris uh, from you know a city that existed over a hundred thousand years ago, and. Uh, you know the the Pleistocene strata, the Precambrian layers, the Cretaceous uh, uh, timetables. All of this, you know, they have 
their point, uh, but but uh, people just sort of turn their ears to it. Uh, but there's more and more proof that's 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 coming ab around and and being put on the table, uh, you know, of substantiations, and uh, you know people are going to have to one day. Uh, uh, stand up and and look and understand, <clears throat> understand how incredible the Bible is, you know. The, the stars and the planets of the Bible are are spoken in different words. Tamah, meaning the the Pleiades. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. Here we go, Janet Lee at the organ.
And so, we continue, and thank you again, Janet Lee. That was super. And we talked about how that the Bible describes, you know, the planets and the various chambers of the heavens, uh, describes uh, some of these, uh, some of the, the stars, uh, some some of the groups of stars, and I mentioned this, um, the Kama, the Pleiades, and Kizil, uh, Orion, and, and Ashish, uh, the Hades, uh, the Arturia, uh, the Mazoroth, uh, uh, Venus, um, just on and on. There's just, you know, uh, from Genesis 1-1, God made the heavens and, <laughs> made and the earth. And uh, the worlds are all part of, 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 of uh, being framed by the word of God, Hebrews 11.3. And uh, so it, it's exciting. It's exciting to have all of that. Now, <clears throat> the symbolisms are so important in the Bible. Uh, different different uh, words are used, uh, and which the the Bible tells us that that is the case. The Bible tells us that there are are representations uh, called patterns uh, of earthly things that are symbolic or representative of of uh, heavenly uh, things, and uh, so it is not out of line when uh, clouds. C-L-O-U-D-S are used to describe, uh, you know, uh, uh, chariots uh, that are whirlwinds of fire. Um, clouds is another way of calling a, um, a, a flying uh, vehicle of the angels, uh, you know, a stealth, uh, you know, uh, produ produced uh, vehicle. Like like stealth means something that is hidden in a certain way from reflections, so that it can't be seen, uh, even to the point of of vanishing from being seen. And uh, we've got all, you know the clouds uh, you know spoken of in so many scriptures. Jeremiah four thirteen, he shall come as clouds, and his chariot shall be as a whirlwind, and his horses, which horses represent engines or pilots, uh, swifter than the eagles. Um, Jeremiah 4, 16, watchers come from afar. Uh, some people have the idea that watchers are only, only bad. Uh, you don't know the Bible if you say that. <clears throat> there are both good watchers and, and evil watchers. Jeremiah, <coughs> Jeremiah 16, hold on. <coughs> Jeremiah 16, uh, 4, 16, watchers come from afar country and give out their voice as keepers of a field uh, are against a roundabout because she has been rebellious against me. Uh, Numbers 11.25, the Lord came down in a cloud. Uh, um, clouds can represent Shekinah glory also. Uh, you know, the cloud went before their face. Um, uh, Exodus 16.10, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. Um, uh, Exodus 19.6, I came to you in a thick cloud. And um, just, you know, so many different scriptures. Uh, Isaiah 19.1, the Lord rideth. The Lord rideth upon a thick cloud. It, it is so interesting. Isaiah 68, 
and and uh, uh, who are these that fly as a cloud? Very, very interesting. Extremely interesting. Okay. <clears throat> now, according to the Bible, what kind of extraterrestrial craft is flying the skies of the earth? We need to get the picture straight. There's so many, uh, let me call them crazy stories. There's just so many crazy stories out there uh, and things that are being taught, things that are being said, and, and uh, it is causing you know, a lot of confusion to where, where people don't uh, uh, hardly know the truth, what, what the truth is. And, and we've, got to, we've got to get the picture straight. You, you know, you've got some of these uh, supposedly far, fairly well-educated people, uh, you know, uh, that, that, you know, have had um, uh, scientific posts, and they're, 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 they're making up, you know, uh, books, and they're writing these various kind of things about abductions and, and about these various kinds of, uh, of, of aliens visiting from outer space. They're giving them all kinds of names, uh, talking about, uh, like Dr. Charles Hall talks about the tall whites uh, that have been involved with our government in the States uh, from Eisenhower and on, and, and, uh, and how that they're still involved. And, and uh, you've got, uh, you know, uh, just all kinds. I mentioned this once before in one of the other teachings, you know, and, and uh, Dr. Herman Oberth and uh, Jim Sparks. Uh, you've got uh, just all kinds of people giving out this information and talking about, uh, you know, these uh, uh, dragon-like, uh, serpent-like, uh, reptile-like, reptile uh, uh, you know, critters and creatures uh, that are coming from from uh, outer space, and uh, and they have invaded the Earth. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, Paul Hillier uh, from Canada, a, a former defense minister. Uh, you know, <laughs> there is so much false information being given, and part of it is being given because it's uh, part of the government uh, uh, cover-up of the West, to uh, to lead people in that direction, uh, you know, of of conceit about uh, the real thing that's going on. I won't have time to talk about that today, but maybe next week we'll see. Uh, but there is a secret strategy of cover up, uh, both from the, the military and his, and the mil and the allies of the U.S. military. So um, uh, this thing with Roswell is included in that. And there's people that will swear and be willing to die uh, for what they believe, uh, but they have no proof of anything that they're saying. And and uh, the kind of pictures that they're taking, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, uh, if I had the time to, to go into some of that, uh, your eyes would be wide open. Uh, and I, I suppose that eventually I will get a, an opportunity to go into these uh, photo trail impressions and uh, and some of the various things that are supposedly be, supposedly being used to support some of these uh, so-called sightings. Uh, I, I'm not saying that there people are not seeing anything, 
uh, there is there are things going on in 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 the skies, and there are uh, there are extraterrestrials to be seen, but but who are these extraterrestrials and who are they not, is absolutely uh, a major thing, and what I want to explain is that there are the seraphims, which are the, are the angels that are the they are here on the purpose of of being judges. There are the cherubims. Uh, they are here as guardians. Uh, they are also uh, representing right now, standing in, in proxy for the fallen Ophanims. And then there are the Ophanims, and, and the seraphims were described in the Bible as having six, wing, six wings, the cherubim as having four, the Ophanim as having two, and, and uh, then there are the Artursians, who are also actually Ophanim, uh, but they are offspring of Enoch, and they're living on the planet Artura, uh, manifestly called the Father's house, and they are all they are also fallen angels. So, of these four groups that fly the winds of the earth, uh, they are very important to understand that 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 these groups that are here. Uh, have uh, uh they have put a limit on what the um the aliens of satan lucifer satan are able to do uh, they they have limits and and i know what those limits are and i know this uh, this going to be hard for some of the people that they're into all these kind of uh, of uh, you know crazy mixed up things which have all come from secular peoples mostly, and then then eventually splashed over into to church people, and and uh, people have just sucked that up, and there is no Bible to support it, at all. No Bible to support it. It goes against the Word of God, and and as uh, we continue on in these teachings, I'm going to show you how unsupported that that is. But I can't do it today. But I'm going to show you that so that you really get the understanding of it. Now, last week, uh, you know, I I shared with you um, the the uh, revelation on um, uh, the aliens, uh, how that there is, uh, as mentioned in uh, Isaiah sixty one uh, five, and uh, the uh, Hebrew um, uh, word uh, that is translated uh, to alien uh, in the uh, concordance. Strong's Concordance of Hebrew and Dictionaries, Concordance and Dictionary of Hebrew, number 5236, uh, represents both, can represent both a friend or a foe. So that there are both kinds of aliens out there. Yes, there are. And we're not saying there are not. But uh, how they are to, supposed to be represented, that's what we are talking about. And what they really look like and all of that, that's what we want to talk about. And so that the this recognition uh, can be um, have the the care of of the respect of the word, and and it can be shown to be uh, proven by the scripture, and and without that, there's there's no way to prove it. So so uh, you know uh, we we want to be sure to to under to have everybody understand this. Now, <clears throat> there's just a lot of incredible things. That uh, people are unaware with, unaware of, uh, like for instance, let's just look at a few of those. Um, let's look at the subject about the wings. 
W-I-N-G-S. We talked about the angels with the the uh, six wings, the four wings, the two wings, and and what does that mean? Uh, these are the the cherubim, the seraphim, the ophanim angels, and they've they're shown to have these different numbers of wings. Well, of course, you've got all kinds of artists and depictors that show human beings uh, alike that are supposed to be angels, and they've got these big, huge wings. And uh, and they really believe that because of how they interpret the Bible, that angels actually do have wings, and that is how they get get around. Well, uh, they do not have wings like like bird wings, like is depicted in art. Uh, that is false. That is irrelevant to the fact. And uh, and I'm going to reveal to you today what those w- uh, wings are and what they represent, uh, because it's so ex- uh, absolutely important. Uh, turn with me to um, uh, to Psalms 68. And let's take a look at, at that uh, important scripture. And in the 68th uh, chapter, and, um, and the fourth verse, Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name Jah, and rejoice before him. Now, we're contextually showing that from the very first part of this chapter, the subject incorporates the the, the definition of riding upon the heavens by his name Jah. Now, there's many other scriptures in the Bible that talk about him riding upon the cherub, which, of course, is a cherubim, uh, him riding upon the clouds, uh, him riding upon the winds, and and so it's 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 essential, it's essential for for God's people to understand what this all means, in order for you to really get uh, the right idea of what the Bible is saying and what it's not saying. So if we look then, we see that the subject is there in in chapter sixty eight of Psalms. Then when we come over to to verse seventeen, the chariots of God, which is an, another way of saying in, in, in the language that people understand, because in that day they understood what a chariot was, and and uh, when when David wrote this, but they didn't understand what an automobile was or an aero, aeroplane was, uh, but or a rocket or, or you know or a, a or what they call a UFO, they, you know they didn't understand it in a way of their language. Uh, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. And the Lord is among them, as in Sinai, in the holy place. Now, here then we begin to see, so importantly, that these chariots are, are vehicles, and just as chariots have people riding in them, we also see that there are 20,000 chariots that appeared and thousands of angels that were in them. And 
this is something that happened when, when, when God was revealing to Moses on Sinai, the holy place. That's all in chapter 68, 17, that it says all that. Okay. Wow. Now, let's go to the book of, um, of Ezekiel. Start with chapter 1 in Ezekiel. And let's take a look at this. We're going to come back to Psalms, but right now let's just go over there first. To Ezekiel. Okay, chapter 1. And we'll also look at chapter 10, but first we'll, we'll read some stuff in chapter 1. In verse chapter 1 and verse 4, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the, uh, out of the midst of the fire, and out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. And everyone had four faces, and everyone had four wings. And their feet were straight feet. The soles of their feet were like the soles of calf's foot. They sparkled like the color of varnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides. And they four had their faces and their wings, and their wings were joined one to another. And they turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward. Now, there are so many uh, symbolic things here. And all every symbolic thing, from the description of, um, of the burnished brass, of the, of the sole of the calf's foot, likened into the sole of a cow's foot. All of those are symbolic. They have a meaning. We don't have the time today to get into all the meanings, but we want to, we want to get into this understanding of the wings. <clears throat> so when we read here in Ezekiel 1, and we read um, in verse 9 through 11, their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went, everyone straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they forehead the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face on the right side of an ox, the left side, the all side, the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces and their wings uh, were stretched up toward. Two wings of every one were joined one to another and two covered their bodies. Now let's go back over this one here on verse 9. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward. Now let's look how that, that is worded in chapter uh, 10. <coughs> and uh, let's, let's see the, uh, the parallel in chapter 10. Because this is extremely interesting and it, and it, it, tells, you, it tells you the mystery. Okay, in chapter 10, verse 9. 
And when I looked, behold, four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by one cherubim, another wheel by another cherub, and the appearance of the wheels was as the color of beryl. And for their appearance they had the four like as a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides, they turned not as they went, but to the place whither the head looked, they followed. They turned not as they went. Now this verse 11, chapter 10, verse 11, says the same thing as verse 9 of chapter 1. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward, except that in the one scripture, in chapter 1, it, it calls the subject weed, uh, wings, W-I-N-G-S, but the subject in the 10th chapter, verse 11, is wheels. Now, the real meaning of the wings, wings mean wh wheels, and wheels mean wings. <clears throat> now remember, in the Hebrew, one word can have a multiple of meanings. But in this particular instance, the wings mean wheels. So here we are talking about this description, and we're talking about this, this creature with the four faces, which we have done many teachings on this in the past, how that these four faces represent the four different kinds of humankind. So that they're also described as the four winds, the four directions, the four rivers, and many other foursomes. That's F O U R sums, S O M E. Yes. <coughs> now, Let's go back to Psalms 68, and there's a whole bunch of reading that you need to do in chapter 1 and chapter 10. It makes it very, very clear, like in chapter 10, verse 16, and when the cherubims went, the wheels went by them. It makes it very clear of the, of, of the cherubims and and and. Other scriptures make it very clear of the other kinds of angels and the differentiation of the wings, which have to do with the differentiation of the craft. And when it talks about um, horses, just translate that to engine. And engines in the Zith language actually means the pilot. Because wheresoever the spirit would go, that's where the craft went. And the spirit of the, of the person was the wheel within the wheel. And it would direct the craft where to go. Because inside of the craft there were angels, there were critters, there were people. Not critters, but people. 
or I should say entities. And remember our teaching, how that in Genesis it said, let us make man in our image. And this was the, the gods, the angels. And th they had taken on human-like bodies. And then man was made to look like them because that's what they planned to do and did do. Okay, now back to um, Psalms 68. As we get into this um, this whole revelation, and <clears throat> remember, remember this thing on on wings. Uh, I can vastly uh, go on with the carriage of of all of that and the interpretation of all that, but it would take you know. I could spend several hours just on the subject of wings. I can't do that on this short broadcast. But let's look at 68. <coughs> now, excuse me, man. <coughs> in the book of um, in the book of Ezekiel that I read earlier, there is a word that can be found in the Hebrew called merkaba, M-E-R-K-A-B-A. And it is the pilot hold, which manifestly we call the throne room, for the rider of the of the Zith. And um, this can especially be noticed in Ezekiel uh, chapter one uh, and chapter ten. And so, as we begin to to to, to see this. And and begin to get this this understanding, um, and how the the Bible talks about um, that the day will come that Enoch will come with tens of thousands of saints, and that, and that saints are another word for angels. And you can find that in Deuteronomy thirty three two, thirty three two, and as we get to really looking at at the the multitude of the chariots over the mountains and all of these incredible things references like second kings 2023 you might even check exodus 24:10 it becomes magnified of the things that have been in the vanishings in this word. Suddenly, these vanishings begin to take on a real appearance. Suddenly, these things that have been in a smoke screen, that have been in stealth, begin to take on an appearance and people are able to begin to recognize what these things mean. Now when we talk about the seraphims and their six wings, we are talking about a spacecraft that is using six wheels. The cherubims use four wheels and the ophanims use two wheels. The fastest flying ship is the six wheel. 
The next fastest is the four-wheel. And after that is the the two-wheel of the Ophanims. You have to understand that during the creation, when the creation was just really getting started with human entities, that the Ophanim program, to the extent of where they were with their their crafts, crashed in a sense of stopped its technological advancement because of the fall of the Ophanims, the fall of the angels. And the Artursians, which are the sons of Enoch, who, which found the place on the, at the Father's house in this mountain where these Ophanims, Ophanim um, Ziths were hid, began to take on that knowledge that the Ophanims had at that point of technology at that time. So although they can go at these incredible speeds, they still don't have the capability to travel at the speeds that the the seraphim or the seraph or the cherubim that pardon me, the cherubim or the seraphims do. Even as we're going to get into here after a little bit, the Zams, which are the spacecraft of Lucifer Satan. Even that spacecraft is considerably more maneuverable than the spacecraft of the Arturians, which are the offspring of Enoch who live on the planet called the Father's House, manifestly also called Arturus. Now, as we begin to get this revelation, and we begin to see that this story of the wings is showing us that these wings aren't something that these human bodies of the angels, human li- human-like bodies of the angels have, any more than does that critter, our entity, have the lion head on one side, the angel head on another side. But that is just symbolic of these four different kinds of humankind that the cherubims are now representing for the sake of the fallen ophanims. So, when we get into the book of Revelations and we see all these things about, you know, this dragon coming out of the sea, and we see all these various critter-looking descriptions that are so vividly pronounced in the book of Revelation, if you go out there looking for those kind of, of critters, you're not going to find them. The dinosaurs were removed a long, long time ago. And there have been different removals, and we don't want to get confused with that. Because there have been different 
sets of the dinosaur family that have vanished over different kinds of periods of time. So unless sometimes we're specific as to which particular vanishing or dematerialization of those dinosaurs were, then it could be a little bit confusing as to which group it applies to. We'll eventually clarify all of that. Now, as we begin to get into this, this aspect, and we've talked briefly about the, the four kinds of craft that are in our sky. And the Bible says that there's going to one day be, um, in the 24th chapter of, of, of uh, Matthew, there's going to be a rapture, and there's going to be a meeting in the sky between the people that are overcomers and chosen to be raptured and the angels who are gathering them up and taking them into their spacecrafts to transport them. And the very word transport, I've read it to you, show it to you, it is in the whole aspect of this event. Being transported to that that beautiful land far, far away called the Father's house and called also called manifestly Artura. Not to be confused with Arturus, the star. Not to be confused with that because it's in a totally different star group, totally different location. So, that brings us to the Lucifer's group. He's had all kinds of living creatures on earth. The Nephilim, the Anakim, the Rephim, the Emim, and the Zam Zumims. Z A M. Z-U-M-M-I-M. And if you're Canadian, instead of Z, it's Z. Z-A-M-Z-U-M-M-I-M. And it's abbreviated Zuzim in, the, in Genesis 14, verse 5. But the Zamzumans are mentioned in Deuteronomy 2, 20 through 21. And the name for these Lucifer Satan spacecraft ships is is called manifestly Zams Z A M S Zams The Zams Zumans of Deuteronomy two twenty through twenty one has a Hebrew definition by the concordance, Strong's Concordance 
and Dictionary, number 2182. And number 2182 um, basically comes from the Strong's Concordance term 2161. And 2161 has a lot of other associated um, meanings from the roots that connect to other words, like uh, in the Strong's Concordance, uh, number 2154. So you've got 2162, 2161, 2154. And within just those few, there are more. Within just those few, there are all kinds of meanings. The Zam uh, Zumite, Z A M Z U M I T E, were a native tribe of Palestinia. And when we begin to come into the other parts of it, we feel like uh, it is so important. Once we find in the number 2161 a plan, a plot to propose evil. We find in 2162 the, the wicked device which if we extend that word device properly, we easily can get it as showing, and there is Bible for this too in Revelations. But we can show that the Zams are not only a plan and a plot for the purpose of evil, they are a device. And as a device, they are Zams, which are these space-flying craft. Now, not using this to prove anything, but just going back into archaeological finds in, in the earth, <clears throat> which has dug up various histories like the Sumerian king list that reveals the cultures of Mesopotamia and literature of that time also including certain mythologies that talk about dragons and flying serpents. And we know that after the Sumerians, there was the Arcadians and then the Babylonians, which were additional cultures. We also know that before the Sumerians, there was other groups of people, which we won't get into today. And in this culture and mythology, there are these ancient cuneiforms that talk about the Anunnaki, the Anunnaki that descended to earth to establish a number of cities who were alien serpent gods and 
and sapient reptiles. But now, even if you look at some of these things that are said, and you look at them in the the physical when they are physical, and the spiritual when they are symbolic of spiritual, or the physical when they are symbolic of other physical meanings, and you rightly translate, rightly interpret, then something that is animal in its depiction is not necessarily depicted animal all the time. Sometimes it is symbolic of an evil, sometimes symbolic of an enemy of, of, of good spirituality, sometimes symbolic of entities that are operating under the flag of the dragon. You know, for instance, the earliest Chinese empress claimed to be descendants of a dragon goddess. So this kind of stuff has been going on for a long, long, long time. And as the reality of this becomes more and more profound. It becomes the time when we look back to the sensational resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we look back into the sepulcher, into the tomb, and there we see the napkin that was upon the face of Jesus, separated from the linen clothes and the linen covering. And that on this napkin, there is no doubt the imprint of the lips, which represent the mouth, and which represents the word. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh. And then there is the nose. And Jesus said to his disciples, as he breathed on them, receive the Holy Ghost. And then there are the eyes. And all of the message of the single-eyed vision through the two eyes. Two eyes seeing one revelation, even though it has many multiplicities of avenues to it. It becomes a oneness of lump. And then this napkin is covering the forehead. That place in the, the brain where so much incredibility of memory and outpouring of mental thought 
and compunctions. And people think of that event as being something that is past. But in the words of of Jesus Christ, through his disciple John, that which was is that which is. And that which is is that which shall be. In chapter 1, Revelations 14, John, that which you've seen that was, that which you've seen that is, and that which you see that is coming, write these things into this book, this book of Revelation. Now, we know that these Sams exist. Because that's why Lucifer, Satan, is the prince, which is another name for principality, which is another name for archangel. Why Lucifer is the prince of the air. And isn't it interesting that the Bible talks about the meeting in the air. And no wonder Lucifer, Satan, would want to be the prince a prince of the power of the air. Because he wants to intercept. But may I explain to you and may I say to you that there are certain things that Lucifer has been given the power to. In the book of, of Revelations, as we get over into about the ninth chapter of Revelations. I read this to you before. I read a little bit again as we're getting close to running out of time. <clears throat> chapter 9, verse 1, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. We find in, in verse 11 of the same chapter, when we're talking about the contextuality, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Now, we are talking about a king. We are talking about Lucifer. We are talking about his, his assistances, those that assist him. Get that straight. And this star falls from heaven, but unto him is given the key of the bottomless pit. He turns it into a manufacturing center. The things that he does is nothing less than incredible. And in one of the scriptures of Revelations, it calls that, calls, C-A-L-L-S, calls that bottomless pit Lucifer's or Satan's prison is his prison, not the prison he's imprisoned in, but his creation. He has made it to become like a, like a heaven of manufacturing. And immediately when this star that is from 
falls from the heavens into this new estate. And he has the key to it. He opens the bottomless pit in a different way than would ever have been imagined. And immediately there begins to come smoke out of the pit from his from a great furnace, as of a great furnace, to such an extent of his manufacturing that the sun and the air are darkened by the by the reason of this gigantic, colossus manufacturing output by Lucifer during his time in this bottomless pit and what he has done with it because it has become his prison. He has the key. He can open. He can shut. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given the power as scorpions of the earth have power. Now, if you are looking for something that's going to look like a locust or like a mantis, you're really going to be disappointed because when Satan appears, Satan's not stupid. Satan's not going to try to win anybody over to his to his kingdom by appearing with something that is drag, draconian or something that is reptilian or something that is beastly, creditor-looking and freaky and scary. He's not going to win anyone over to his kingdom with that. Do the opposite. The Bible says he appears as an angel of light. So without interpreting these meanings, just as we have to interpret all these others and what they literally mean, what the wings mean, what the different faces mean, what it means when it says locust, what it means when it's, it's talking about mantis, which is another word for the praying prophet, the false praying prophet. Immediately when he makes his creation, Immediately when he makes his creation, there comes forth a command from the angels of God that he cannot hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in his forehead. Don't you understand it's the same way in the skies that the seraphim, the cherubim, and the artersians are all working together, and they are commanding the skies. And Lucifer, until a certain time comes, when that restriction will be taken off of him, which will not happen until after God's people have finished all their regenerations. And the only people that will be left will be the new creations that were meant to be the original creations before the fall of the angels. Don't you understand that there is a rule of law that the, the seraphims, the cherubims are given rules and there are limits of things that Lucifer can do. But one of the things that he can do because he is given space 
is he can send photo transitions and photo translations to the minds of people on the earth to the point if they are susceptible to him he can plant false memories into them that they will believe they have literally seen these critters, these space aliens, and have been abducted by them. And you can't convince them that it didn't happen because it's in their mind as a memory, as a memory of an actual event that happened. That's the limit of where they can go. And if you start telling all this stuff about all these grays and all that, it just isn't that way. Satan is dealing with beauty. He was the angel of beauty before he fell. He is dealing with things beautiful. And two, there are two powers that he has been given. Revelations 9.19 says that these scorpions have power in their mouths and in their tails. Now the mouth represents the evil language, enticing words though, that seems to mean right things. Sounds good, sounds beautiful, but are actually false. And their tails which is the sexual temptations that Lucifer has basically made the mental world a wilderness with his use of. The tails are likened to serpents. They've got heads. Yeah, of course they've got heads. Those heads are wise. Like the saying, wise as serpents. And in them is the power to do hurt. And it's a story of Matthew 13, 24, plus other verses of the tares being sown. And that's why the blood has to be purified. That's why there has to be lattice changes in human beings. Because they've got Neanderthal in them. They've got part of the plan of the critters that Satan created. And they're those four rivers of people that existed. Genetic rivers. And that's who the sons of God intermarried with. Not angels that were with wings that came down and had intercourse with the daughters. <laughs> Come on. Oh, there's so much more. We're just barely getting into it. But I guess I, I'm getting past the time. But it is so important as we begin to get into the description of these, these breastplates of fire and iron in Revelations 9, 9, 17. These breastplates of iron and fire are representing... The Zams, the chariots. Read nine Revelations nine nine and and eight t- teen, thirteen. 
read that whole section there. The sound of their wings, like the sound of many chariots. <laughs> That's the the wings are again in the wheels, and the sound of many chariots, of many ships, of many zith-like, but these are as many zams. Horses are the engines. Engines are the pilots. And pilot, this is a play on words. You take the P-I, representing circle, separate it, and take the lots, and from the lot you get the, fault, the false Urim and Thummim. And from the P-I, the circle, you get the wheels and the spin. Like in Ezekiel chapter 1, out of the whirlwind. And if I had time, I, and we'll do it, have to do it next week, I'll go into s some very simple math on this thing of the transition of the spins and the angles. But for now, we've got to bring this to a close. Any of you people that are listening to this message and you live anyways close in Canada, close to uh, Edmonton, a, a week from yesterday, uh, the, the 14th of, um, of September, uh, I'm going to be uh, doing a, a lecture on the mystery of the time, and um, it's going to be at the, um, the library at the intersection located in a shopping center there, at the intersection of Rabbit Hill and Twelliger. If you want more information, just write, and uh, we'll give you exact information. Start at 3.15 in the afternoon. You're welcome to come. We only have so much room left. Uh, already it's mostly uh, booked up, but there'll be room for you. God bless you folks and you people that had needs with your with with your pancreas God's holy spirit is just moving and talking and dealing and revealing so this is your opportunity to be healed oh holy spirit just pour upon these people and heal completely through these words of, about the kingdom and about your holy, wonderful love. God bless you. We love you.